hello, and welcome to the Hip Hop is Higher Education podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe to all of our social media and podcasting platforms listed below. We are your hosts. I am Summer Willow, creator of the Ladies Love Hip Hop platform. And I am Stephanie Reed, creator of Aspire to Hire. And we are super excited to be bringing you our second episode of Hip Hop is Higher Ed. Today's episode is Hip Hop's Impact on Entrepreneurship and the Business Landscape. We are excited to get into this discussion and showcase the influential power of hip hop as a culture, because it definitely goes beyond music. So sit back, take a seat, because class is in session. Okay. Absolutely, okay. Steph. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so for today's podcast, and again, our title today is Hip Hop's Impact on Entrepreneurship and the Business Landscape. Um, hip hop as an art form tells the story of the ebb and flow, the highs and oftentimes the lows of life, giving a powerful voice to the Black experience. And amid all of the controversy and attempts to silence this art form, hip hop mm-hmm. has been able to transcend the idea that it would never last, okay? And right. also it managed to become the soundtrack of the world, encouraging movements from politics to fashion. Um, today we're gonna to explore how hip hop influenced entrepreneurship, thus impacting the business landscape. Um, and although hip hop culture tells the story of the struggle, um, the culture has also motivated so many to push past the struggle to success. Many entrepreneurs are marching to a different beat in the marketplace. These are pioneers, dope individuals who already knew the definition of surviving and now they are thriving. Um, Long gone are the days that the glass ceiling seems so hard to penetrate. And we're living in a time where entrepreneurship is leveling up. The tables have turned and the business landscape, much like the hip hop landscape, is peppered with black and brown and non-traditional leaders at the helm, unapologetically changing the business landscape forever. Okay? We're not going back, forever. Forever. (laughs) I completely agree. I'm so excited. Let's get into this topic. I wanna make sure we highlight this beautiful, fantastic person who is unapologetically changing the business landscape herself. Yes. Let me get my notes. Mm-hmm. Real tight and right, so I can get this bio together for Miss Crystal Taylor. So, oh man, <laughs> read it, Steph. I am, honey, <laughs> with 10 years of business experience. Crystal Taylor, the queen curator herself, has parlayed her business acumen into a strong brand that offers a slate of programs and events that highlights, celebrates, and uplifts hip hop and Blackness. Her current event lineup includes Yo MC Reps, which is a platform for some of the area's top, most talked about MCs. She has the Underground Collective, or what she calls the UGC, and they have a UGC beat battle. Mm. They also have the Fresh Effect panel, which is a conversation panel. It's a platform to discuss all things community, culture, and art. Next up on this slate of programs is Beats and Bars Festival, North Carolina's premier urban music festival. 
and I'm not finished. We have Black August in the Park, which is also a huge festival in Durham, North Carolina each August, and as well as at the Black Farmers Market. But check it, even with all of this dopeness and professional experience, Crystal is a homegirl at heart. She has a giving spirit and she is cool as hell. <laughs> She's always repping for her hometown, Durham, North Carolina, AKA the Bull City. Okay. And she gives back in many, many ways. So listeners, grab your seats and help me welcome the queen curator herself, Miss Crystal Taylor. Hey, Crystal. Man. Oh my goodness. Welcome like, to the show, I Crystal. I should have worn my Easter Sunday hat <laughs> and my dress for all that. Girl, your shiny pant leathers. <laughs> Woo! Man, you got me. We just Listen, said... Look, don't cry. Don't cry. Oh, my goodness. She's wiping her brow. She's wiping Thanks. the sweat from all that work <laughs> off her brow. Ooh, that, that, was, that was beautiful. Thank you so Thank much. You are beautiful. Your Thank work you. is beautiful, you. and we can't wait to tell the people all about it. Absolutely. Thank you, y'all. That so, was super Crystal, dope. Thank you. You're here, you're here because you personify um, the ideals of the show. You are an individual who you know, like many of us had a corporate profile. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you created, I'm sure created a career and a trajectory out of that, you know, yeah. idea of that being your life. Right. Um, and then, you know, something happened, right? Right. So many, many business owners have unique experiences or life-changing moments that lead to business ideas. Mm -hmm. And those business ideas become plans. And then eventually, for some, they become executed. And there you have it, entrepreneurship. Right, so right. what is your why and how did you get here? It's, first of all, thank you guys so much for having me because <laughs> this is like, you know, really pouring into my spirit. So I'm just so thankful for you guys even having the platform to Excellent. be able to talk to people and just share this information and share people's stories. Um, because so many times we just forget and we just keep, you know, plowing down the path. But um, ironically, I was just talking about this today and I didn't even realize what I was, you know, talking about <laughs> as far as the sense of like how it needs to be, um, pertaining to this conversation today, but there was two instances that happened to me. Um, I'm from Clinton, North Carolina, and my mom was a retired doctor. My mom was a doctor. My dad was a business owner. My grandparents were farmers. Mm -hmm. And so I had always been around entrepreneurship, right? And so I, I never realized it you know, until a pivotal moment that I had like the most, most one of the most severe experiences of racism in my adult life mm -hmm. in corporate America. Mm -hmm. That was yeah. that was the second instance. But the first instance was when I was sitting in corporate America and I felt like, like, what am I doing? I was just kind of lost to the fact that I was doing something so well right. that it was boring to me. And <laughs> so I was like, this is not entertaining. This is not, you know, challenging. It's not right. anything. It was just what it was. It was me doing my daily thing that I usually do. Because, you know, a lot of times in corporate America, you come in, you drive the same way to work. Yeah. 
you go to the same different options for lunch, you yeah. do the same paperwork and different, yeah. you know, whatever yes. work that you're going to do every day. Yeah. Um, something you, you hope for something crazy and challenging to happen sometimes. And so mm-hmm. that was the first moment that I recognized that, um, like I had to do something more. I knew that I was supposed to be doing something. I just didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's funny because uh, both of my, I've only had two corporate jobs. I've only worked for two corporate companies my whole career out of college. Right. I graduated in 2005 and I've only worked for two different companies. And what was the span of working for those two companies? From 06 to 2012. Okay. Okay. So that was like... You put your time you know, in. <laughs> yeah, I put, I put, that was it. Sure. Like after that, I was like, you know, 2010 came, I was like, okay, girl, like we got to really like, you know, nail it down. And so I... um. When I, I let my, my job let me go. Mm-hmm. I never, you know, quit or anything like that. They let me go because it was almost like a pool of this is something you need to be doing. You need to go figure it out and go do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know really? what I mean? So it, I've never been fired. I've been fired once, but it was like, you know, your, your job is being terminated type situation. Not like, you know, right. for bad behavior or anything. Right. Yeah. But they still caught me really well to be, and it was it was a blessing because it was like, oh okay, well, I could just plan on my 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 stuff that I want to do. And so mm-hmm. when those two things, the first time that it happened to me, that's when I actually started UGC, mm. and I was just like didn't have anything to do, and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, and I ended up doing starting beat battles. And mm. so when I recognized how much I enjoyed planning. And when I read, because I already love music because I'm a band kid, right? Like, music was already my thing. I went to like, the band kids. You know what I'm saying? First of I all, was, first y'all like animals. Now y'all both band kids. <laughs> I can't. First <laughs> violin, second chair, what? Listen, I was first show. chair clarinet, three years okay. um, section leader all day. Run them yes. out so you don't have your music memorized, okay? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Y'all, y'all go ahead with y'all creative stuff. And so that explains was, a lot. I mean, I was just into I was just into the production of music so much. And so I started the beat battles. And when I recognized, I didn't even have rent that month. And mm. so I was just doing this thing to try to be like, right. let's see what's gonna happen. You know what I mean? And hey, Crystal, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Do me a mm-hmm. favor. Right side locks, I think, is brushing up on the microphone. Oh, okay. Yep. Boom. Is that good? Okay. I think great. it's left, right and left. Just pull the left back a little bit. Yeah, we know you fabulous. I mean, you fab, girl. <laughs> I can't do that with y'all, I tell you. <laughs> but is that better? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I did this battle and the battle was incredibly successful first out the gate. And I was just like, it wasn't even about anything else outside of the fact that I got people to come together to do something dope that I was interested in too. And so, you know, it was just, it was mind boggling. So I just kept doing it over and over and over again. So I just, I never, it never occurred to me that I was in business because I wasn't making enough money to live. I was just doing what I was doing that was fun. You know what I mean? Well, Um, you were were clearly hustling. You were making happen. I'm curious if you could talk to our listeners about 
your transition, even though you said at first, you didn't even really realize you were being entrepreneurial, right? Mm-hmm. You were just something you were interested in. But once you, when was your moment of like, oh, I am doing this. I am running a business. I am creating events. And did you have fears? Like talk about the transition from yeah, I mean, nine to five mindset. So that so that second so the second occurrence where I experienced that massive like um, feeling of racism that it I mean what happened to me I won't go into it but what happened to me was such a horrible feeling to know that the only reason why I was there was because I was afraid of the uncertainty of being an entrepreneur right and so you know the whole time I could have I could have literally stepped out you know, a long time ago and doing what I was doing with the shows because a lot more was happening. I was doing a lot more. I just didn't, I was afraid of, you know, not living check to check, not knowing it when I was going to get paid. It's scary. Um, you know, not having no team. I'm doing all this stuff by myself. And it's just, it was just, you know, um, the work world really grabs you. Yes. You know, like you have benefits, you have a constant paycheck. You ain't got to do nothing all day. We talk to your homegirls at lunch and whatever, but you still going to get paid for them 40 hours. It's like there's something that happens to your mind where this thing that could be your career or your your life becomes a hobby. And people always say, grind it out because you know you need to keep this money coming in, whatever. But I was terrified Mm -hmm. of staying at work. Yes. And not doing, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't know. I just knew that I couldn't do both. And I was terrified if I didn't give it the option, the opportunity it needed for it not to be anything more. Because I was fighting against the fact that I knew I could do this thing, but I didn't want to sacrifice, like, not having no money or not knowing what I was going to get some money or not knowing if somebody was going to show up to a show. But it's like Mm -hmm. people would not show up to shows, they show up to shows, like, whatever. But I knew that if I went to Blue Cross, I was going to make my money. Right. You know what I mean? And that's one of the biggest fears that I dealt with for a long time. I'm like, screw it. Like, you'll be good. You know, and I'm like, well, what'd you, what'd that mean? Like, what, you know, where it's going to come from? You know what I'm what, saying? Like, what good look like? How much good pay? Yeah. And, and nobody is really going to say, yeah, girl, quit your job. Like, boy, <laughs> right. You know, you know, ain't nobody going to say that, you know, but right. I had a couple of people um, in my corner that were always like pushing me, like always saying like, just do it. You know what I'm saying? Like you got the, you got the notebook, you got the blueprint and everything. Just keep doing it. What's, what's making you afraid? And so people kept asking me things like that. And it would make me realize I was afraid of just being comfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. And so my mentor always told me like, if you're comfortable, you losing that life. Like you're Hello. not supposed to be comfortable. Like Great never. Mentor. Yeah, never fall for that. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not, you know, it ain't it ain't nothing to live for. Like you should want to be uncomfortable. You should want to be pushed in a space where you should feel like I got to solve this problem or what's, what's this in front of me that I can fix or change or be, you know, exposed to something different. And people in the work world, and I'm not saying entrepreneurship is for everybody because it's not. You know what I mean? It's a different beast. You know, yeah. you got to be really like ferocious. To be able to manage it. I like that word. That's real. Yeah. For real, because there's times where, you know, my clients don't always pay on time. I love you guys, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Like things happen, you know, counts fable sleep, like on vacation, like whatever. (laughs) And you have to know how to survive. 
Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so being that I had already came from that kind of blood, I didn't even think to be able to just to channel that. You know what I'm saying? I was just so caught up on, shoot, when my check comes next week, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. Like, you can't really live like that when you're an entrepreneur. So Mm -hmm. It's a mindset. It's a mindset Mm -hmm. that requires a choice. Like you said something earlier, you said, I can't do both. Mm -hmm. And I know that a lot of young folks watch the show, right? And a lot of young Mm -hmm. people who, um, sometimes entrepreneurship is glamorized to a, to a point where the actual elbow grease and the hard work and all that really needs to go into it is overlooked. And people make really rash decisions to, you know, quit a job or, you know, spend this bulk of money on a venture and they're not ready to commit to the work. Yeah. And, and it's something that you said about, um, and I checked what Stephanie said, that was a great word, being ferocious about your calling to be an entrepreneur does require a certain level of, you know, inherent toughness. And, you know, inherent, just, um, I'm not going to stop to like, get it. But then also there are skills that need to be built that I tend to believe do come from having a regular job, having a a nine to five, because you mentioned, um, maybe accounts payable asleep. You know, when you have a nine to five, you think all these different departments are something that corporate has. No, no, no. That's right. (laughs) Right. You need right. to reinvent this wheel yes. mm-hmm. and, and branch out and do you. So I want I wanted to ask real quick, because I know Steph has um might want to move on with her question, but what why couldn't you do both? That's a better question. I'm listening. Well, I think I think that I I wanted what I wanted for myself too bad. Like I didn't want to be told or treated the way I was, you know, it's, it's you know, I was being treated. You know what I'm saying? Like I wanted to give myself like, man, y'all asking great questions. Like <laughs> I wanted to give myself a challenge in my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I wanted to discipline myself in a way that many people can't. And I wanted to be able to say, this is mine. And I made this. And, and, and also the biggest, biggest thing for me was always about creating something so massive that I could share it with my friends and family and be like, you know what? You ain't got to work for that sucker ass. Oh, sorry. That's, you know, that, you good. You that good. crappy ass person. Like, I got a job right here for you. Like, boom, let's, let's change the world. Let's do this. Let's change the community doing this. Like, I always wanted to be, to bless people in a way because, I remember when I left college, I had a business marketing degree and nobody gave me a chance to work at their marketing agency. Mm. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna make my own agency. Okay. I'm gonna make my own agency. And that's exactly what I did. Like, I'm proud of myself because I had so much just when I had to sacrifice so much. And that's something like to your point, Summer, a lot of people don't understand. Like you're gonna be eating pancakes and And peanut butter jelly sandwiches. (laughs) Like- Ain't no bottle of water on Not the journey. Really. It's wow. that water that's that right water. there. Boil it. Yeah. So it's it's like, you know, I just, I didn't want to, I didn't want to just not allow myself to really move in a way that was, that was pushing me. 
Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to not see what was going to happen. Like, what was the worst that could happen? Like, I didn't do well. Just so everybody knows, what was your job function prior? I was a, so right out of college, I worked in a call center at Blue Cross. Uh Uh-huh. Just answering phone calls for insurance, whatever. Then I left there and went and worked at another insurance company, private insurance company in Raleigh. And then I came back to Blue Cross and they created a job for me as a project coordinator. Okay. And that's where I learned all my project management skills. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I'm glad that I went into corporate to learn how to move around, how to talk, how to build. You know, that was like the, that job, that last job was the best thing that ever happened to me. But even even my boss knew that I was beyond this. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. to this day, every boss that I have had in those two companies are still a bigger big supporters of my organizations. That's awesome. They That's they awesome. donate money to me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like so it was just kind of like, you know, why not expand yourself and push yourself more? And that's even if you even if you have a job, like don't just come in and be the assistant, whatever guy, be the manager, be the, be the district manager, like go for yes. the, go you know what it. I mean? Like, right. And move around in the company. I think mm-hmm. what gave you the, not just the skill set, but even the confidence in yourself to say, you know what, I know how to do this. I'm a little bored. So let me see what I can do in my community. It's something you said a minute ago, like what, I didn't want to just do it for myself. What can I do for the community I'm in? Mm-hmm. Right. I think that, is an internal driver that a lot of people have. And if you match that with your skills that you gained from corporate, it could be a powerful combination. Absolutely. That you off in your entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. So I'm glad to hear you say that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really fortunate to have like, the people that work with me and my team, my, like my crew, they all love doing what I have them doing because I ask them like, what do you want to do? You know what I'm right. saying? like. I, I have a great ability to see what people are good at and I'll help them say like, hey, you know, you're really good doing this right here. Like, do you want to do this for me? And, you know, might not be no great money right now, but, you know, but they they love doing it. So it don't even matter if I take them to dinner or you know, cut them a check, even though we do do those things. Right. But mm-hmm. it's like helping people realize like there's more to just this clocking that you're doing right here like it can be a whole nother thing in a different way and that's what that's what helped me because I only thought of project management project coordination like a corporate perspective yeah I never thought about it in the sense of like the things that I'm doing now you know what I mean and people are like well how is that project Rosa? I just tell people what to do like what you do <laughs> you know <laughs> exactly Crystal tell us a little bit about how hip-hop might have amped you up as you were making your transition amped you up as might might not be a the best use of language but no, right? I mean, yeah thinking I mean, about how it might have influenced you to make that transition and maybe do you see it influencing other people around you um so i feel so j cole um friday night lights his his make say friday night lights is like one of the things that I li- when I'm up in the middle of the night working or when I'm just working in general, I'm listening to that yeah, thing all up and down. Yes. Of the night she is always up in the middle of the night working. <laughs> I'm yep. up too. Call me Crystal. Okay, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, for real, like that's the, that listening to him because at that time he was 
just pushing mixtapes in the Ville and, and you know in the mall, right. Cross Creek Mall in Fayetteville. I'm from Clinton, so I know. Like I've been, I used to go to that mall all the time, and it's just like <laughs> when I'm listening to him talk about places in Fayetteville or whatever, and just listening to him, it's like he didn't know he was gonna make it, but he he knew. He didn't know how or whatever, but he knew. Right. And every time I listen to the whole project up and down when I'm working, like it just keeps me in a flow of like, girl, please, you like stopping what? That's right. You know what I mean? Like, and that is uh, the attitude of hip hop. It's kind of like if if it wasn't a particular project that influenced you, it's just the energy of hip hop. It's like uh turn down for what? You could you could use any lyric not oh, not any lyric but many lyrics <laughs> yeah you could you many. Could use many, many, many lyrics <laughs> right <laughs> right <laughs> to really motivate any space that you're in yeah and truly like when you think about the um the the uprising of hip-hop as a movement when you talk about your crew that crew love and how you know i think about the def jams i think about uptown records and how i'm sure it started out as a regular conversation like listen you talk to the ladies you know you break with the ladies so i need you with the flyers you know you you know i love how you make the flyers like you could draw can you make us flyers or what have you or you're the business guy can you curate you know, this, that, and a third. And it's like, you have to be able to, to first of all, attract the team. You have to mm-hmm. be able to, you don't just get a team, you attract the team. Yeah. Because as an entrepreneur, it's not like um, working for Wells Fargo, right? It's like, right. I just need you to have the skill that I need right. to do this job. I really could care less about anything else. But it's right. like, I need your skill and you need to mesh with this vision right here. Right. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it's crazy. It's crazy that you say that, Summer, because like I, I have the same like sticky, the large sticky notes that you use in offices. Mm-hmm. I have the same one that we use to like draw out what Beats and Bars is going to look like, like however many years ago. We met at the student union at Central. And so I'm just calling everybody. I'm calling everybody to come like, come to Central. And we're in there and I'm telling them what I wanted. They look at me like I'm crazy or whatever. I'm like, no, no, like this is what we're gonna do. And they were just like, all right. And so we never, nobody ever had a problem with what the other person was gonna be doing. It's like, you know, in, in work world, it's like you go in for this interview, they ask you these questions, you fit, you know, however they wanna yeah. make it seem, whatever, whatever, you know, metric they use. Mm. And then you're in this company with all these people that have the same demand, but all these temperaments are all over the crazy place. You don't know if they're devil worshippers. You don't know if they like, you know, you don't know nothing. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> the beauty of this, yep. the blessing of all this is that we have so many things in common that we're in love with. We're in love with black people. We're in love with the community. We're in love with saving our children from being like, you know, parasites, this this music that they're, they're trying to dictate on it. We're, we care about the culture of hip hop, what it means. We care about each other, yes. our families. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's not just, thank you, Jamie, for coming in today and we appreciate you. Here's your seat, you know, next to Roger, who you don't know nothing about. <laughs> right. And you, right. Got, you, got, you got a friend that's on the other side of the building that ain't even like in the same department as you. You know what I'm saying? So right. I wanted to make sure that it stayed being a family mm-hmm. 
that we all had the same common goal. Like if I'm sick and I'm down, I know someone so is going to run it for me. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And the thing about all of that is that every year we just kept growing. When we oh. got to AU in the boardroom at AU, I'm thinking like, damn, like we done leveled up from being at Central. Like that's right. We got a we got a boardroom in here. We here meeting in here. Like who got the access in here? I don't got no keys. Like <laughs> that's what's up. You didn't that even need it. That goes to show how that connection Summer made to like attracting the right team. And you call them family. It's not just team. At work, that's where there is teams, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But in this entrepreneurial journey, I feel like you connect with people that's your your tribe or your your people or your your family. So I love how you describe the people that you work with, not as your team, but as your family. Yeah. I'm curious if we could shift the conversation and talk about, to tell our listeners about your family. And do you feel like um, the ways that you guys have worked together to grow the brand that you've grown contributed to your local community the ways that you wanted to, right? You had a vision for things that you wanted to create. Do you think you're now seeing the fruits of that labor in your local community and in maybe the, the region? Yeah, I mean, oh my gosh. Like, I just, I have to say that if they didn't have my back, as much as they have had my back, like there's no way I'd be, you know, hunched over or something. You know what I mean? Because this is no way. And we've we've gotten in arguments. We have we have disagreed. You know, there's I've made a lot of mistakes. Like because you can't. Nobody's perfect, and right. I have I have messed up a lot, and I have made bad decisions, and I have made bad calls, and I have. You know, I have grown a whole lot though, and I'm grateful for all those experiences. I think that by us having like such a stand fasted like notion on community and mm-hmm. really teaching people what hip hop culture is, right? Instead of just focusing on the music and the sound and the the you know standing on the stage with a microphone, like really dissecting what hip hop culture is. Mm-hmm. And letting people understand that everybody's surrounded with that, like, is is passionate about that, and then they show it in their in their everyday who they are. You know what I'm saying? Like, hip hop is what I live. It's the culture of what I live. Like, I'm a old. I have an old spirit, and I I, I love to say right on. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but you know, it's kind of like you know. Only, only my crew and my peoples was like would be cool with that. Anybody else would be like, "What are you talking about?" Like, you know, right. they're not here, you know, whatever. But right. I didn't think that the work that we have done, that I have done, also mattered because mm-hmm. I didn't get all the accolades. I didn't get all the this, that, and the third that I thought came with it because I was still kind of like, you know thinking that was that's what was that's what it was that's what happens in corporate america right like <laughs> right right and you do something I didn't good, get you, employee get of you know what i'm saying like <laughs> and so but but now in my work now like i'm getting calls like from the mayor like you know from duke university from nccu hmm. my alma mater i'm doing work for people that have known who i was known the platform the whole time Mm. Those accolades hit different than just here's a certificate, right? You know what I'm saying? I got it. You know different. what I'm saying? So it's like if it wasn't for my passion and work within hip hop, I wouldn't be where I'm going right now. Mm. 
I wouldn't and that, be where I'm going. Yes. Because you're still moving. I'm still going. That's what I'm saying. Like, I love it. I ain't, really, I ain't really did nothing yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the things that are being afforded to me now because of the work that you put in. It's just like, man, like, it's just, it's beyond, like, what I even, I never imagined I'd be doing what I'm doing right now for the culture and the work that I'm doing. Mm. And I'm just, I'm just grateful for that. And it just shows, like, if we just keep going, yeah. we just got to keep going, you know what I mean? And and everybody in my team, they have the same, like, hey, Chris, you let us know we're in the car with you. Let's go. Like, you need to sleep <laughs> so, we can, so we can drive a little bit, you know. For you, that's what's but, up. Absolutely. I do want to I do want to point out just just for the listeners, if you haven't picked up on it already, you know, the title of this podcast is is, you know, how hip hop impacts, you know, entrepreneurship and then changes the whole business landscape and in this age that we're in and how, you know, all eyes are on diversity. Right. All eyes are on equity and inclusion. All eyes are on uh, the past and how it has translated and lived throughout the years and what we should do about it. And, you know, we all know that the business landscape, you know, by and large is a white landscape and, mm-hmm. and it's, and it's a white male landscape, even, even right. more. Right. So to see, you know, a Stephanie uh, put together this list of different organizations and companies that um, clearly have been influenced by hip hop, whether it be what they sell or do their service or maybe even their marketing or how, how it actually works. And I think about, and I liken it to, um, you know, how back when the world was open, we used to go to, (laughs) we used to go to networking events and mixers Mm -hmm. and everything. And there, and there was this, um, you know, you had to be prepped to do those things, right? You know, like how to hold your your cup and have, you know, food and talk and, you know, Mm -hmm. how to enter a conversation, how to exit a conversation, what to say, what not to say. And this new breed of businesses that are, you know, fully entrepreneurial, black and brown, non-traditional at the helm. And the language is even different. You know how you go to the you know, Blue Cross and you're like, can you give me a list of acronyms, please? You know, so I can follow along in the meetings. And you just said, my team, you know, when I say right on, they know what I'm talking about. And it's like, you're creating a a corporate, you know, your Mm -hmm. own culture, right? Mm -hmm. The the landscape is forever changed. And we're not going back. So it's like, just like hip hop said, this is me. And um, if you want to like me or love me, but I'm not leaving uh-huh. so the lyric is actually love me or leave me alone by the brand new Vans. that is correct <laughs> <laughs> yes you better come with it <laughs> listen correct so so i, I right. say that to say um you just paint so many pictures of the parallels of working for someone else mm-hmm. right and then flip twist remix chop it screw it now Right. I'm the boss and this is my culture. Yeah. Right. I mean, I really just used it to learn how to do, do what I wanted to do straight up and down. Like mm-hmm. I tell my, my, me and my, my old boss, he's an SVP now, but he and I talk all the time and I told him then what I was going to be doing. Wow. And he literally 
I was so fortunate to be able to meet him because this is a this is a white man that you know has been fortunate his whole life and he's been taught financial information he's been taught all these things that some black folks don't have right and once I let him know like listen I really want this this and this for myself and my life like he was on board and that's that's Absolutely. really rare to that meet is. a person that will do that for you but he did, and I soaked up every single last thing I could. And I still do to this day. I say, you know, hey, you know, Sean, do you know how I can do this is in the third? Or what kind of diagram can I use for this? Or what should I use for? I mean, all types of things that he has afforded me knowledge of to help me. Mm-hmm. And I'm just using that to help my organizations, people in my team that I work with, for you know, anything outside of that's not for me, but in just in my work in general. Mm-hmm. And just take away things I didn't like, things right. I didn't appreciate mm-hmm. and try to create my own, like he said, my own culture and how we treat people, how we move, how we represent ourselves and things of that nature. Absolutely, absolutely. For, for, for me, for the, especially the connection to hip hop and A2H um, as a brand, it's mm-hmm. really about that what, what we mentioned earlier in our in our intro, that unapologeticness, right? And I love how you, I have observed you as an entrepreneur, create spaces for people who look like us, who move like us, to be authentic. Um, whether you're Black, Hispanic, white, because your, your spaces are always inclusive, but they are also always unapologetically Black. And to be able to bring all that together, to me, takes skill. Mm-hmm. It's not, your, your team has to understand where you're going. Your team mm-hmm. has to understand what kind of vibe you want in, in each event that you're creating. So if you don't mind talking a little bit about how you communicate that to your team and be able to, to have that climate of unapologetic Blackness be present in all of the work that you do. Yeah, I mean, I think, for me, it, it just became to be the fact that I just got tired of, I, you know, I believe in this, this little meeting that happened, like when hip hop shifted so long ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe that meeting happened. And I believe that the, the, um, the establishment, if we will, mm-hmm. the created, yeah, I believe that they, they created this metric of what we Black people were eating. Mm-hmm. To continuously, you know, break down the barriers to continually have, you know, systematic racism upon our minds, as well as our character as well, right? And so, because I was so infuriated in how music had changed so much, like, what is this? Like, kids are listening to this, kids are killing each other, kids are actually activating off of this. So it became to be like, you know, hell, like, what am I going to be scared to be loud and be Black for? Right. You know what I mean? Like... And so I, even though I'm still going through, like, I'm working, 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 dealing with this, like, you know, annoyance of, like, a job and working for white people that are fortunate, they ain't never going to have no money that they got. That's what I'm thinking at the time. Right. Like, I'm telling you something about that situation at my, at, at my, last, my last corporate job just put me in a sense of, like, and I'm going to tell you exactly what I told Oh, earlier today, I had never seen my mama work for nobody. Uh, I had never seen my daddy work for nobody. I had never seen my grandparents work for nobody. 
So it was just kind of like, how are you going to sit up in here and let somebody treat you like this? Well, you know, you could be doing this other thing for yourself, for your people, for your community. And as soon as I made that decision in my mind and started really like looking at what I had been planning out this whole time, you know, Moses reached out to me so we could, so I could join up to do Black August in the Park. Mm-hmm. And I was, that was right up my alley, but I didn't realize how big it would be. Like, I didn't realize how big the farmer's market was, but I knew that it was people that they needed us. They wanted yes. the space. Mm-hmm. When Black, from Beats on Bars happened, it was like, I have had artists shed tears with me wow. to talk about how inspiring and purposeful the platform was for them. And so when I recognize, when I see all these things and I felt all these, things, I'm an Aries, I'm super emotional. <laughs> when, when I see and feel all these things, it was just kind of like F-U-C-K the establishment. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Like, it was like, for, for why not? Right. Like, you know, when I created Beats and Bars, it was when, when John and I came together and, you know, Jamie, Bishop, uh, Mario, when everybody sat down and talked about what we wanted it to be, one of the main things that came out that meeting was we want to make sure white folks know what, what hip hop really is. Absolutely. Okay. Because they were working against and, and like judging Absolutely. these people that were just trying to ex- express themselves, right? Mm. Mm. Yes. But it was like, yeah. if you don't even know what it is, like how you sitting here like condemning these people for being That's- like, you know, and so we were like, we need to make sure white folks understand right. what hip hop right. culture and community really is and what it mm-hmm. represents because the establishment has let them do this thing to make it look like this thing, right? Mm-hmm. But it's really not true. It's so we not were like, that it's thing. our responsibility <laughs> That's right. to let people know what it really is, like what it was really created yeah. for. And so mm-hmm. after that, it was just like, I'm telling you, those two white women, they don't know that they have made me feel the way they do, but there's going to come a day, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, <laughs> where I'm going to let them know, and I'm going to show them what okay. I've created off of how they have made me feel, and I, I just, I always remember that, and that's what makes me feel, that's what, that's what makes me have that revolutionary spirit when it comes to the work that I'm Absolutely. doing. Absolutely, have to. Like, we talk about the ethno dramas that I'm executive producing with Duke and Central. And it's because we need for our people to get healthy. We need for them to know what health is. All this stuff ties into the line of the culture and community of what hip hop represented to inform people, to keep people safe, to keep people knowledgeable, to, you know, make sure everybody was taking care of one another. Mm -hmm. This is not what people are looking at it to be today. No. So that's the passion behind like this is for the people. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's not for fun. It's not for glitz and glam. That's why I, I get so frustrated when I see rappers and artists and different people just trying to get the mic. Right. And I'm like, brother, like you need to understand this knowledge, education behind what you're trying to do. Like you can you can get in front of a crowd and talk. Why don't you be a speechwriter? Or why don't you, mm. you know, you know, like there's other things you can do. Absolutely. But they're projecting onto this like rapper mentality outside of the whole culture of things that people our people could be doing to benefit and to have a life. You better tell them. Tell them. Don't let me you preach, y'all. I'm telling preach you guys. It. Preach it. I get I get I get so I get so wrapped up in it because I have met people that have had like crazy amazing opportunities. 
And there's mm. no guidance counselor for this, right? But it's just the fact that it's just the fact that they expanded their minds outside of just this thing that they this shiny object that they're seeing. Yes. And that's that's the whole that's the beauty behind hip hop because there's so many things a person can do to live and to be fruitful. You know what I'm saying? But they only see what they're showing them. You are literally describing the premise (laughs) for this show. You're describing the premise, the premise for the platform that Summer created. We all three of us on the Zoom are we we are lovers of hip hop. Mm-hmm. We are consumers of hip hop, but we're also women who are very self-aware. We are powerful in our own rights. So you listen, you preach it to the choir. I'm ready to throw the mic at you, give you all, <laughs> all of that. <laughs> that's, 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 that's what it is for me. That's just what it is for me. Like I and just I get so. I picked up on that the first time that you and I met, which was at an event that I was mm-hmm. afraid to do. And when I did it, it was like, yo, this this killed. Mm-hmm. We met at the end. And listen, Summer Crystal gave me this hug like, sis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look, I, was, I had told Derek, I was like, I need to find out who the organizer of this is because I want to be a part of it. I want to tell her congratulations. I was just so excited. Yes, because that was just like that's the thing like putting those people in the space where they can educate other people like it's 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 unheard of almost that's not happening anymore you know what i mean like you can get up there it's beautiful don't get me started don't let me started that's okay don't cry don't cry on this that's all that's all tears thug tears only okay (laughs) Let's tell the people, I want I want to hear from Crystal, right? Because they're going to hear from Summer and I every month, every first Tuesday of the month, to be in That is correct. Exactly. <laughs> but when you hear us say hip-hop is higher ed, how does that translate to you? What does that mean to you as we wrap up? Tell the people what that is. That means Crystal. to me that, you know, you're seeking knowledge of self. You are oh. seeking knowledge of you know, the community that you live in, knowledge of the community that you work around, mm-hmm. knowledge of, you know, it's, it's not, a, I don't see a classroom and I'm, and I'm sorry, but I see, I see the knowledge of what that pillar means. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like a higher level of yourself, a higher level of what's going on in the, in the community, the culture, like the pol- political perspective, like right. it means you know, reaching beyond what the mm. standard is and whatever that standard is, but that standard is not even for us. You know it's what I'm saying? Like, that's something right. 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 Not that's what all. it means to me. That's what it means to me. That is that is music to our ears. Um, we are definitely aligned and I am so proud of you as a sister. I'm Thank proud you. of you um, as a business woman, as an entrepreneur. And also as a community member, because it's not just about getting your paper. It's about how you sow seeds that Mm. will grow long beyond your lifespan. And I feel you are planting fields of dreams for others. So I know that, you know, our listeners and our community appreciates everything that you have said on this podcast. I want to encourage any of our viewers and listeners to who are entrepreneurs or who are seeking to break away from 
traditional means of making money um, to, to listen to this podcast and identify your strengths and learn what you can from corporate America or wherever you are right now. Don't shun the struggle because it's a gift. Right. And then figure out how you can parlay it into something where entrepreneurs are the future job creators. So you create jobs and everybody else out there who is looking to be an entrepreneur, think about the idea that you are creating a future for others. Um, yep. Doing what you're doing. Just like this sister right here, Crystal is creating so many different layers of, of existence for people um, within the realm of hip hop. So that's why yeah. I love you the most. Thank you. Um, but thank you for I being here. Love you guys too. <laughs> you, Crystal, we are so grateful for your time and your knowledge tonight. We are, we are pleased to bring it to the people and I can't wait for them to hear from you. Before we sign you off, I want to give you a chance to tell the people where you would like them to follow you. Oh man, um, you guys, everybody can follow me on everything is the Queen Curator. That's my social media platform across the board. Um, you can go to www.beastandbarsfest.com. Um, that's it, really. Like, I'm out there. You know, you can shoot me an email too. Um, so you can drop that in the information. Yeah, but absolutely. otherwise, I'm available if anybody ever wants to hear the truth and nothing but the truth. But, <laughs> girl, I pray for you though. Like, I got you. Um, but just, just shooting words of encouragement and peace and blessings to everybody. And just, you know, just move forward. Like, just pray on and let God speak to you. And just don't be afraid. Like, fears of the devil. Like, God put it in your heart and your spirit for a reason. Like, just let it manifest and pray on it and keep going. Yes. yes. No Thank other you. way to uh, close it out. Everybody, like, share, tell your friends, follow the Ladies Love Hip Hop platform and the Hip Hop is Higher Education podcast. We are here yes. ready to blow up 2021. Yes. And just remember, remember, <laughs> always keep it hip hop. See you later. Thanks.